Welcome to the Let's Go Racing Family Podcast, sharing our love for NASCAR, running, and just racing through life. Hosted by Sebastian, Giovanni, Karen, Tony, and me, Johan. Each week, we'll talk about our view of the world through the lens of racing. And to start off our topics, we had a very exciting and fun race at North Wilkesboro, which was a pretty cool track to go back to. After all, it was an older track, and actually the last winner there was Jeff Gordon, who actually um, raced today in the iRacing event. We actually saw a few of the older drivers. Now, before we go more into it, I'd like to give my opinion on the race. Um, I honestly thought it was a good race. It. I just wish it could have been more action-packed. Maybe a big part of that of why it doesn't feel as like fast or as big is that there weren't a lot of drivers at least the big drivers like a couple guys who are missing were Jimmy Johnson Chase Elliott Joey Logano and two of our previous winners Alex Bowman and William Byron like did they kick out Byron because he won too much and they wanted another guy to win I'm not sure what you meant about it being slow paced Gio because I thought it was actually pretty fast paced in terms of there was a lot of you know, there was a lot of things going on. The track was less than a mile. So there were always cars around, whether it was lap traffic or the drivers getting away. Now, the one thing I will tell you about these older tracks, and it's interesting, and we'll talk a little bit more about Darlington later in the show. The the older tracks tend to be a little bit more narrow, but I thought it was actually a, a really fun race to watch. One of the things I really liked about this race was how nostalgic it felt for these older guys. Like Larry McReynolds kept changing his shirt. That was kind of During cool. commercial break. I did like that. They talked about how, oh, these old tracks. We got appearances from Bobby Allison and Daryl Waltrip. Ray Evernham showed up to talk about his that cars. Was cool. And we got a really fun story where Jeff Gordon drove a car that didn't even make it past the start finish line because it was wrecked. And what year? I think that was like 93 or 94. Yeah. Yeah. 93. Yeah. And the last, the last race that uh, Giovanni was referencing that, that NASCAR actually raced was in 96. So well over 24 years ago. And then they came back. And it's actually kind of interesting story. They were talking about the fact that last year, Jeff Gordon helped lead uh, an effort to actually clean up the track to bring the iRacing people to actually scan the track so they could have it for the iRacing platform. And then as things have kind of evolved with this COVID-19, they were able to then use that and debut it today or during um, the Saturday race. And it was kind of fun. Uh, and it's a kind of a fun thing to do. And it was kind of cool that they had something new during this this time. In case some of you guys out there are actually iRacers, on June 2nd, there's going to be a new patch update that adds North Wilkesboro and two brand new cars to it there's going to be the chevy impala and i believe the uh, monte carlo so you guys can go ahead and check those out on june 2nd yeah that'll be kind of cool and again it all started here with the iRacing um dur during this weekend and the cars were like dale senior's old car before he came became the um the black car that um the wrangler the yellow number three? Yeah. Or that, the yellow the yellow Wrangler car? That everybody knows has him as the Intimidator. And then you have the Bill Elliott car. Well, those are two 
new cards that are going to debut when they do this patch that Giovanni was just talking about. When they release the track, they're going to release those two cars. It was the Monte Carlo and the Impala. And the Impala. Again, I enjoyed watching this race this week. Uh, I, and it, I like the nostalgia part of it. I like the fact that Jeff Gordon was back out there. I know, um, you know, I, I love seeing, you know, Dale Jr. Anytime I get to see Dale Jr. race. So it was pretty cool. They also showed at the beginning of the race. I thought that was kind of interesting. And they said this before. In every iRacing track, they have Dale Jr. Uh, rendered in there. And we got to see him for the first time. Yeah. So that was kind of cool. So, yeah. Um, so very excited about it. And I I thought it was actually a fun race. So I actually disagree with you, Giovanni, on this one. I know you said you thought it wasn't as fast paced. I actually thought it was action packed. Well, I was actually excited to, for this race. It's a racetrack that I had never seen before because I didn't really watch NASCAR back in nineteen in the 1990s and prior to that. So I was really excited and looking forward to this race. I thought it was a lot of fun. I really did enjoy it. I actually felt like there was passing. I mean, it wasn't like this big drastic, you know, bunch of cars always taking the lead. I, at one point, they said it was only like five lead changes. But I thought there was a lot of competitive driving throughout the race. I had a lot of fun. It was I did like the nostalgia so much that I actually think that maybe they should try to do a race, something like an all-star type of race and bring back some of the all-stars to race like some of the older drivers to actually be in a car like Dale Jr. and um, Jeff Gordon. I'm actually going to be sad that the 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 iRacing provision is ending. I had a lot of fun watching the drivers, like seeing the perspective of the drivers, even if it was, even if it wasn't in their vehicle, it was fun to see them driving. It was fun to see the intensity. And I loved my favorite part was the um, interaction between Jeff Gordon and Clint Boyer. That yeah. was a lot of fun. So I'm actually going to miss the-, the silliness and the entertainment of Clint Boyer behind the wheel broadcasting. So I really enjoy this race. If someone, you have to say, who is the best guy of announcing? It was the two, Jeff Gordon and Clem Boyer. So I've had this content idea. I thought about it. I actually wrote it down while we were watching the race. And it's kind of going off of what you guys just said about Clint Boyer and Jeff Gordon. That interaction between the two of them while they were racing was really, really cool. And unfortunately, it's not something that we can get during a regular NASCAR And honestly, I mean, I would love it if NASCAR figured out a way and maybe it's something that would be kind of cool. You don't do it for an entire race, but or or you maybe you don't do it for the entire season, but maybe throughout the year, maybe there's like a nightly show, you know, once a week where you take a few drivers and you have them race in rigs like this. And but you have them all set up to interact and talk. So you can see the intensity, you can see the fun a little bit, you make them more accessible to the fans. And it's like, oh man, that's kind of cool. I think NASCAR is one of those sports where you could actually have something like that happen. It'd still be competitive and you get to see more of the personality of the drivers. It's a, you know, a Wednesday night show where you bring these drivers in and you get to see Clint Boyer, Jeff Gordon, Dale Jr. interact and talk while they're racing. And I think that would have a lot of appeal and a lot of fans would would love that. I thought the broadcasters too were a little bit more fun to listen to. Yeah. They're not so so serious and just, you know, play by play of the race. I mean, we saw a different side of, you know, Mike Joy and Larry McReynolds, Larry McReynolds and I mean, even um 
Michael Waltrip is usually fun and goofy, but it was just different to see them. Very, it was more lighthearted. So the iRacing kind of brought out more personalities, not just in the drivers, but the announcers too. Yeah, I could see that. In the 2011 Talladega race where it was a close finish with Jimmy Johnson and Glenn Boyer, Dale and Jimmy were actually talking to each other on the radio. During the race? Yeah. Let's see. Yeah. If they could have a little bit more of that and and you could actually watch them interact to that. I thought that was what was different and cool today. Yeah. And then there's a couple funny things that happened during the race where some drivers kept disappearing on and off the track. And we found out that it depends on your Wi-Fi. So if your Wi-Fi isn't that good, you're most likely going to be glitching. And now we all know. And now we all know which drivers don't have the strongest Wi-Fi at home because their cars kept disappearing. Didn't that actually happen to Hamlin at one point? Um, it was John Hunter Nemechek. Well, John Hunter Nemechek was one that happened several times. I think Kevin he's the Harvick. One. Was it Kevin Harvick? And then that Wood guy who drove the 21. Joe. He, John, John Wood. John Wood. And yeah. John he kept glitching every. Yeah. And they said, they said on the, on the broadcast that if they were glitching, it wasn't the program. It was just basically their Wi-Fi wasn't connecting, and it was. I think Denny Hamlin. I think Denny Hamlin actually had that happen to him one time during the race. Um, I wonder if his daughter had turned off the Wi-Fi <laughs> for a second. Well, that's why he held the hid the remotes last weekend. So the thing we've forgotten to talk about is the person who actually won this race. Denny Hamlin closes out a, as the announcers say he closes out the series, winning the first one at Homestead and winning the finale at North Wilkesboro. What did you guys think of Denny Hamlin winning? I think it just proved that he knows what he's doing behind a wheel, whether it's a real stock car or this uh, rendered virtual version that we got through iRacing. He's a very good driver. You can't deny that. He may not be our favorite driver because you guys have different loyalties, and we all have different loyalties that don't align with Danny Hamlin, we'll just leave it out there. I'll let you guys discuss what that might actually mean. But you can't deny his skill. Also, I think it was very obvious that it's not just about your rig that shows how good you are. There is definitely a skill to driving in this virtual world. And Timmy Hill proved that. Week in and week out, it was always there. And I thought it was fitting that the two guys that were near the end fighting for that win was the guy with the most expensive rig, Denny Hamlin. Everybody talked about it. But then the guy, Timmy Hill, who just had the desktop one, like the one that we have for our PS4. You know, it's just that little small one that hooked onto a desk. I enjoyed the race a lot. I personally would have preferred a different winner, but I usually do when Denny Hamlin wins any race anyways. <laughs> <laughs> so you know where my, li- my loyalties lie or don't lie. I want to quickly talk about the drivers and how they did in... Um, these seven races. Timmy Hill, he was doing good. He got a win. He finished, I think, third at Homestead, third at Bristol, 11th at Talladega. Like, he got third at um, Dover, second at um Richmond, and what was the other one? He got second at, I think he got um second at a race, but... But the Byron So Timmy one? Hill drove well. So other than Talladega, he pretty much finished top five in yeah. all the races. Yeah. And then Danny Hamlin, he did do so good. He won Helmstead. He won this race. But then Talladega, where do you think he would have finished if his daughter didn't do what um, she did at Talladega? There's no telling 
But the reality is, I mean, he's proven it. If he has a chance to race and he doesn't have something like that happen, he's probably going to race near the front. Again, Talladega, you just don't know when the draft, how that's going to end up. But he's also proven to be a good restrictor plate driver. So I would I would believe Danny would have been up there at the end. And like um, Joe Logano, Kyle Busch, and Jimmy Johnson didn't have the best luck that they could. But um, so let let me just say something real quick about that because that's a very good observation. So those three drivers, you could you could make the argument whether fans would like it or not. You could make the argument those are three of the most talented drivers in the entire sport, right? Jeff Gord, uh, uh, Joey Logano, Kyle Busch, and Jimmy Johnson. With all the championships they won, all the races that they've won, we've seen them have the kind of car control that a lot of other drivers don't have. Like in other words. They're spinning out, but somehow they keep it off the wall or they keep it from completely running into another driver. Or they save it. Or Yeah, they save it. So to me, those drivers probably have the best kinds of feel, and I'm doing air quotes here, feel for the driving of the car and can feel where it's moving and adjust. And that is the one thing that is different in this virtual world. You don't feel the sensation, so you can't adjust to it. A Kyle Busch is someone that you can just put him behind anything and he'll he'll get the most out of that. And I believe obviously Jimmy Johnson's another one and, and Joey Logano. When it comes to iRacing, I, I will have to say this. I think I have a lot of respect for somebody like Kyle Busch. I think he pretty much ran all the races. And even though he wasn't at the top like he normally is, like you just said, he is one of the best drivers, whether you like him or not. He is a very polarized driver you either really like him or you really dislike him but aside from that i think that i i respect the fact that he tried week after week and even if he wasn't up there he tried and he didn't win or anything like that but he tried and and um he, he he did his best and he was still part of it and i like commend him for that and i respect him a lot for that I think that just goes to, you know, I know it's a little cliche, the heart of a champion and everything. He's competitive. Whether Again, whether you like his antics and some of the things that he's done or not, clearly we have somebody at the table that loves him. That's his guy. Yeah. And uh, he could do no wrong in your eyes. Right? Speak truth. Speak truth. <laughs> um, but the reality is you cannot argue with his talent and you cannot argue with his, his competitiveness. I also thought it was really refreshing to see these drivers like Joey Logano or Kevin Harvick, who are also top drivers. And they were like, well, this is kind of hard. We're struggling. We're getting, you know, the hang of this and trying to learn how to do it. And it just, I think that was one of the things that seeing these drivers who are always up there and are always winning, seeing them in a different situation in which they need to try to learn to do something that may not come naturally to them in the sense of driving, you know, these simulators. It was good to see that like, like natural, like human side of them and, and just this vulnerability, I guess, of being like, you know what, that's kind of hard. And even with that, they still kept with it. Because these are the top drivers. They're all very well paid. They don't have, they're not getting paid to do this. This was something they were doing nice for the sport and for the fans. And they were there week in and week out. And it could have been very easy for a top driver to be like, you know what? I they have an excuse. I don't need to do there. this. But they were all there. I'm curious actually to know if there were more people who were not your traditional NASCAR fan watching these races because there was really nothing else in sports to watch. Um, I actually had a friend from high school 
uh, contact me on Facebook and ask me if I was watching these. Now, I know he knows that I watch NASCAR, but I don't know if he's a NASCAR fan himself. But he did say he was watching them and thought they were a lot of fun. So I'm curious to know how many other people joined in to watch these races that normally wouldn't watch a NASCAR race on Sunday. Well, I think it'll be really interesting to see see those numbers. But what will be really interesting is next week. What's going on next week? We are going back to real racing. NASCAR is back, baby. And where are we going? We are starting off at Darlington with not one, but two races. The first one will be on Sunday at around 3.30 p.m. And then we will have a second race around on Wednesday at 7.30 p.m. So I think it'll be really cool that this is going to be happening next week. And I think to Karen's point before about new fans seeing something because there's nothing else on, this is going to be the first big sport that's going to go back to live sporting. There will be no fans in attendance, but the real cars will be out there, the real drivers, the crews and everything. So I think if any time we have the sport has an opportunity to grow and to grow with people that normally might not watch because there is literally nothing going on. I think next week is the beginning of that. Yeah, I honestly think this um, this is going to help NASCAR grow as a sport because it's going to um, draw more people in since you've pretty much got nothing to do except for binge on Netflix and Disney Plus and other streaming platforms. And I think that people are going to want to sport so they can either watch Jelly's Marvel runs or you can watch NASCAR. There is something totally cool about watching a live sporting event. And I think it's also super cool to be able to watch it during a prime time week night. So I'm very, I'm actually more excited for those two races because I think NASCAR so far has announced at least two cup level races during the week night. The first one in Darlington and then the next weekend, which is Memorial Day week, that Wednesday, I believe they're going to be racing in Charlotte as well, yeah. right? Yeah, they will. And something that I'm really interested to see is going to be more about how it affects the rest of the season is that we're going to get an additional Darlington brace because Darlington is part of the playoffs. So this track is nicknamed the track too tough to tame and it's a hard, really hard track to drive at. So the fact that they're going to be racing not once, not twice, but three times, could it help these drivers get better for when we get to the playoff race. Playoff race. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I think so. Well, at Darlington, when I was racing with my dad, I kept saying, charge! Because I kept trying to wreck people so I, then I could that, get more That's just spots. something you do all the time. Okay? That's just something you do all the time. It's not racing, man. It's not fun when I get stuck in your mess because you wreck people and then I get wrecked into it. I felt like Jeff Gordon and Clint Boyer today. It's all part of the plan. Do we know when the practices start? That'll be interesting when they first get out there because it'll be the first time, to your point, in eight weeks that these drivers have been out there. Oh, there's no qualifying or practice. What? I They sir, they said that um on the pre-race show. Wait, wait, we need to All verify right. that because that's um, a big deal. No qualify. So literally they're just going to get in the cars and drive? They're going to do that what they did the homestead. Which no was qualifying. What? No qualifying and no practice. They have to have practice. That's what they said on um the um. How uh, are you expecting to just get in the car and go? They're they're gonna have to have some kind of warm up laps or something. You guys start checking on that. We'll come back to it if you guys find that information. 
Okay, we came back. We've got some more information. So, the info in, the information I have is that. And what's this information about? The what Johan claims to be that they have no qualifying for the next races. Okay, that is ninety nine point nine percent true. Okay, so however, there is one race, the Coca Cola Six Hundred will have a qualifying session, but the other six races will have no qualifying session whatsoever. What about and, practice, though? Or I sound pra- like or Alan pra- Iverson. Or practice sessions. Wait, so no there is, qualifying or so, practice, so hold except on, for the Coca-Cola so 600. Timeout. So timeout. Next week in Darlington, the Sunday race, they're not going to have qualifying, and they're not going to practice. They're literally just getting in the cars, and they're going. Apparently. Well, here's what it says. Currently, the rules are that the f- first 36 positions are set by owner points for... Well, I'm not as worried about the qualifying piece. I'm just blown away that there is not going to be any practice time between now and when they get in those cars on Sunday. I mean, if that's that's true, and apparently from what you guys are finding on the internet, and Johan was celebrating over here because he was right, <laughs> sounds like there's not going to be any practice, <laughs> which is crazy. Yes, Johan. The reason I knew that is because... I'm an NASCAR guy. Well, we all know that, but I just, I can't believe they're not going to have practice. Uh, this article actually says that the first 36 positions are going to be set by owner points for charter teams. And the last four are for, are for non-charter teams. They're going to be starting in the last four positions, which means if I'm correct, Joey Logano should start on the pole because he is currently leading the point standings. I, I forgot about that. You mentioned it today that Joey had won two of the first few races this year already. Yes, correct. He won two. Yep. Wow. I mean, and how many races were there? Um, I think we had like five races. Five races. They were five races in. Yeah, I was going to say five Lagano won two and five. Wow. There was Daytona, um, Las Vegas. Then I think we went to Auto Club. Okay. Phoenix. And then Phoenix. And Phoenix. So all the West Coast. So Daytona plus yep. the West Coast. There's four. So there's four. Yeah. So he won two out of the four races? Yeah. He won the last one at Phoenix. Harvick said he had a faster car. Oh, yeah. I I remember that. I kind of um, half agree with him because he had a fast car that race. Then Las Vegas. Then why didn't he pass Logano? Because... He, he 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 definitely because he a didn't car. have the fastest he, car. He that's why he definitely had the faster. Car. Yeah, I do remember that comment. He had the fastest car, yet he couldn't win. Geo sarcasm doesn't translate through radio or through audio when you roll your eyes. Well, <laughs> don't offend him because he did win stage one against Chase Elliott. Who? Kevin Harvick. Oh, I'm not, look. Kevin Harvick's a great driver. Again, he's another one of those. He's going to be in the Hall of Fame. He's a great driver. Debatable. <laughs> He's got a championship. I mean, uh, he, he's won a Daytona oh, I, I 500. Mister, where did he that. come from? And he's got that cool. That's a cool nickname. You got to get oh, Mister. Where did he come from? I mean, Joey's just called sliced bread. Yeah, the greatest thing since. And now it's Tony Six Degrees of NASCAR, where Tony tries to connect pop culture with NASCAR in less than six degrees of separation. Again, my favorite segment of the show. Where I need to connect somebody the boys are going to give me to NASCAR. Some of these have gotten really hard, guys. So I'm hoping for an easy one today, but we'll see what happens. So the last couple of weeks, uh, I think it was Giovanni did it last. And then before that, it was Sebastian. So looks like, Johan, you are up the bat. 
who am I connecting to NASCAR in less than six degrees of separation? This may be weird, Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers? All right, Aaron Rodgers. This is your. This is the person, because this isn't who we talked about in our pre-show. But that's okay. I can do this one, because it's actually really easy. Yeah. I don't even know if you knew this. I, I know that one. All right, hold on. Let me get to it, and then we'll see. All right, Aaron Rodgers. Why Aaron Rodgers? Just got to ask. Why, why did you choose Aaron Rodgers? Because um, I saw this trailer for um, a Packers game against the Giants when I was watching NASCAR Race Hub. So I was like, hmm, maybe instead of... Um, the uh, other guy, you wanted to go with Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, I was like, hmm. Didn't you also tell me it was like a State Farm commercial you saw him in? Oh, yeah. That's what it was? Okay. All right. Aaron Rodgers. Well, this is actually really easy. Aaron Rodgers, the quarterback for the Green Bay Packers, is currently dating Danica Patrick. Did you know that? I take it from the shocked face. You had no idea that Danica Patrick's boyfriend is that same Aaron Rodgers. So that's it. This I, is like record time. I've never done it so quick. You literally Aaron just Rogers did it in one, one try. It's connected to NASCAR because he is dating Danica, Danica Patrick, Patrick. Who was a former NASCAR driver. Former NASCAR driver. You could argue the, 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 the best female NASCAR driver in the history of the sport until Haley Deegan gets behind a car. But we'll talk about and that. And he later. was there for her last race in Daytona. And he was there for her last race, yes. And I think he's a NASCAR fan. I mean, he's dating Danica Patrick. He had to be a NASCAR fan. Poor so Rick. just, just poor, so poor I can Ricky. end this segment, Aaron Rodgers is dating Danica Patrick. And that's how you connect Aaron Rodgers to NASCAR. That's what I call EZ mode. And well, guys, our episode is almost over. But before we do close out, we'd like to say that um, with current news, the world is starting to very, very, very slowly reopen. Yeah, different states around the country. Obviously, it's big news, the COVID-19 and how different states are reacting. And we happen to live in a state uh, where it is you know, restaurants and businesses are starting to reopen. We obviously have talked about the fact that NASCAR is going to come back next Sunday. So what does this mean and how are, how's it going to impact our lives? And what do you think about the NASCAR? I was, I was actually talking to your mom about this that, you know, and we need to talk about it. Maybe we'll talk about it on the podcast is what happens when NASCAR announces their first race with fans. And because of where we live, we probably are going to be in driving distance to whatever track that is. And I'm kind of excited and interested to go, but obviously I'm a little nervous. And we kind of talked a little bit about it. So I'm going to go around just for the, for the purposes of this today. I want to go around. What do you guys think? If they open it up and they, you know, obviously we have to be safe and do all the social distancing and everything. Do you want to go? Do you, are you excited to go to a race? We're always excited to go to NASCAR race. My only concern is how are you going to do social distancing at these tracks we'll just, um, uh, because if you've ever been to a track you know that it's like lots of people it's like groups of people like masses of people um you know six seat separation sitting to, yeah sitting together or if you're walking down on the corridors people are like just congregated to get food or whatever so i'm i'm just a little like you know concerned about that yeah are they going to do something where every six rows is where you can sit and Probably. six seat separation. 
I think, yeah, six seat separation. I think that might be part, part, part of it, right? You, I mean, we, yes, we've been to races where it's been jam packed. We've also been to races because of rain or because of other things where it is, it's empty in the stands for whatever reason. So that's a very, you know, if you don't have as many fans in the stands, you can separate a little bit more because these are big tracks. So then the NASCAR um, teams and the, and not just the teams, but the track ownership and, and NASCAR itself as a governing body would have to decide we're going to limit the amount of fans in the stands and separate them. And that'll be the first step. Cause I think the biggest thing is with the whole social distancing and the fact that yes, things are starting to slowly reopen. It's not completely, you know, cured yet. Like there isn't a vaccine there. And it's not gone. It's I, not I think gone. that's one of we're my just, major we're concerns trying to be extra careful about not getting it and our healthcare you know, effectively the country and the world kind of shutting down for the amount of time it has was supposed to give our healthcare system a bit of a head start or give it time to get up to speed so that or, or to create enough um, distance or, or, or space so they could handle an influx of people if that were to happen. Certain parts of the country, it's a little bit more difficult because they had it a little bit worse and that's why they're not reopening. Um, but at the end of the day, I think. Um, you know, that they can do that. They can be smart about how they reopen if they they limit the amount of people in it. It may not be the same experience just yet. I think that's still a way off. Um, but the fact that we're getting cards on the tracks, that's an exciting thing. And honestly, for the competitors, I don't think there's another sport that's safer when you talk about, you know, distancing and separation. I mean, these guys are in fire suits. They're wearing helmets. They're sitting in cars. Well, even around. the crew, even the the pit crew guys, because that, that was one of the things that I heard when this all first started. It's like, oh, well, you know, yeah, the drivers are safely in their cars. But what about the pit crew? And, you know, but they're also in fire suits and they're also in helmets. So, uh, yeah, I think they're pretty protected, even though they're not going to be, you know, six feet apart. They're still protected with their helmets. Yeah. So I think the key to going to these races as fans and not worrying about it, I think we should all wear masks and gloves. Like they should maybe make that mandatory. So that way, if someone who does have coronavirus goes to that race, if they say cough, they'll have that mask on. So that way someone else doesn't get it. And then they're less likely to get it. Yeah. They're less likely to get it. So I really like the idea of mandatory masks because that helps everyone. And until they get that cure, I'm going to be wearing a mask every time I go out. Please, people, do not cut holes into the middle of your mask. <laughs> like, yeah, that kind of defeats you, the purpose. Your brain. Use your brain next That kind time. of defeats the purpose. I ain't scur- scared. I want to get so much diecast. I want to get a Christopher Bell, a Kevin Harvick, a Cole Custard, a Denny Hamlet, even though so I don't like him. So all you're concerned with is you want to go shopping. And I want to see the excitement and the awesomeness of driving. And I want to see Jimmy Johnson win his eighth championship. With my opinion on this, I am perfectly fine with just, again, staying home and watching the races. I mean, it would be cool to actually go back and sure, we would have to wear the masks and stuff. But I honestly think we should wait until it's until this coronavirus has died down or we actually have medicine to take care of this. I think we need to wait for that to actually go out into large sporting events in public. I'm sure you can open it, open it up, but like limit how many people can actually go. I don't know, put a 
capacity limit to help control things. And I think they're going to do that. That's- yeah, I think I think the capacity limit thing is 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 really where it's at. I don't think you can keep things closed for the rest of the year or whatever. I think things are going to open up. I mean, you think about people's jobs; they they're going to need to open up. Uh, obviously, we want everyone to be safe, and that's super important. But uh, when you think about how things are going to open up, I think the smartest thing is to look at the capacity, like you said, and 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 changing that and maybe lessening how many people go to the races. I think it'll be safer. Yeah, I think that um, everybody's, you know, we talk about the normal that we had before coronavirus. And I think that once things start opening up and we going back to quote unquote normal, we're not going to go back to normal. You know, things are going to be different. Things are going to be done differently. Um, there's going to be new ways, new um, new rules, you know, of how to function out in, in, in these, in things like the races or the theme parks or the group, the big group, you know, environments. Um, because we can't just go back to normal because it's still out there. And until it's completely eradicated, we still need to be careful and have precautions. I mean, we're taking one step, one small step this week with the return of NASCAR to Darlington, albeit without fans in the stands, but I think it'll be very exciting to see it. And then we'll see when NASCAR decides to open it back up to fans. So one last comment on this. It will be weird watching the Coke 600 with zero fans because usually the Coke 600 is sold out every year. I know. And yeah, it is. That's going to be. Should we give a little secret, though, about NASCAR? A lot of the tracks, the seats are colored, so, so it, it makes like, it look like there's fans in the stands. Yeah, but that's when there's some people. There's literally going to be no one there. I don't know. It'll be interesting. Yeah, but when we took the, the tour at Charlotte and we were driving around in the van, it looked like there were people sitting in the it, stands. It was kind of convincing. And um, I actually believe um, what you said is true, but like m- that's mostly true for just the tracks that are owned by the same company like charlotte kentucky and bristol and other tracks yeah that's that's why i said some of them not all of them but some of them have those colored seats that give you that optical illusion that there's it almost looks like pixelated little characters in a video game we will see it firsthand because i don't think darling we haven't tracked we haven't toured darlington we haven't uh, been to that track well, well, we, we went to that Charlotte track. Does. We just didn't go inside. We didn't go inside. So we don't know what the seats look like, or I can't remember from watching it on TV. But Charlotte, we do know for a fact. So it'll be interesting to see that Coca-Cola 600 in a few weeks. Either way, I'm excited that our sport has continued, whether in real life or in the virtual world. It's been a lot of fun. So I'm glad that we can still continue to watch NASCAR. NASCAR has persevered. Well, Daytona has colors in the seats, so Daytona may look like um, it has some fans. And that's going to be all the time we've got for today, guys. Thank you so much for listening on in. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and hit the notification bell down there. That way you get notified whenever we upload a brand new episode. Let's go racing, family. Out. Out.